During the initial stage of a program, an inception phase is dedicated to gaining a deeper understanding of the context for implementation. In programs that use the inclusive systems approach, or more commonly known as the market systems development approach, the inception phase typically involves establishing partnerships to fine-tune engagement strategies and gather early-stage learnings that will guide implementation. The focus is on learning and gathering information to identify key actors, constraints, and opportunities in the market system, which is essential for tailoring the program to the specific context and increasing its chances of achieving sustainable impact. Yet, the inception phase of Reconomy seemed to be about much more than that. The Swedish International Development Cooperation Agency launched Reconomy in July 2020, a regional program that applies the MSD approach, spanning 11 countries from the Western Balkan and the Eastern Partnership regions. The inception phase finished in December 2022 for the Eastern Partnership region and in March this year for the Western Balkan region. Reconomy was conceived with a regional remit from the outset testing the applicability of MSD principles to the challenges posed by using a whole region that comprises 11 countries as a unit of analysis with their differing operational and contextual realities. For this reason, we'll have a special conversation with Elena Slashidze, uh, the Operations Manager of Reconomy. Elena, thank you for joining. Thank you very much, Sabine, for having us. And we'll also have Adriano Scarampi, who formerly served as advisor at the Arab Women's Enterprise Fund, which ended in 2021. It was funded by the UK Foreign, Commonwealth and Development Office, and it focused on market system change and women's economic empowerment in Egypt, Jordan, and until March 2018, the Palestinian territories. The Arab Women's Enterprise Fund generated additional income for more than 30,000 women and the aggregated net additional income generated for poor women across Egypt and Jordan amounted to over 4.6 million pounds. Over the project's lifetime, more than 116,000 women benefited from increased productivity and skills. Thank you for joining, Adriano. Thank you. It's great to be here. To the viewers and listeners out there, welcome to episode 28 of Inclusive Plot Powered by Reconomy, where we will dive deep into the inception phases of the two large programs. Let's start with Reconomy, Elena. What are the unique features of Reconomy that distinguish it as a regional program that applies inclusive systems approach or the MSD approach, as it's common, more commonly referred to, as opposed to a multi-country program? Uh, thank you very much, Sabine, for a question. Well, um, at Reconomy, uh, we think that uh, what makes our program different is, uh, of course, uh, the design of it and then uh, the implementation. And when we talk about design, uh, we look at uh, the regionality. Uh, we look at the double or now even we refer to it as a triple dividend. Uh, we also uh, uh, have a lot of uh, emphasis on knowledge management and learning and in general adaptive management of the program. 
And when we talk about regionality, like as you noted also, it's not a multi-country program, but it's a program that is focusing on the common problems and is also trying to address these common problems through opportunities that would make sense for, let's say, not only one country, but three, four, five countries in the region. Uh, when we talk about double or triple dividend, is that the way the program is designed, it looks not only at the economic uh, uh, benefits, but it also looks at environmental aspect. And when we design the program, we'll look uh, for the sectors where we have an opportunity not only to improve social and economic conditions of our beneficiaries, but we we'll also look at is there a potential for us to address the climate uh, change uh, issues and uh, have the environmental um, impact uh, as well with our interventions. Then when it comes to knowledge management and learning, I mean, the program of such a scale um, and relevance needs to learn together with stakeholders. So we put a lot of emphasis on knowledge management and learning systems and practices so that we can have a larger outreach and scale um, uh, within the program. But then we operate in a highly volatile and fragile context in Eastern Partnership, Western Balkans. And there is no way to do such a complex program without having the adaptive management systems and processes in place. So in a way, when we were designing the program, it was a lot about the content, but also the how, how the program needs to be organized to be able to respond to the changing environment, to unexpected uh, uh, circumstances, let's say, like uh, war in Ukraine, or even when the program started, it started with the COVID pandemic. So uh, I would say that these four elements are uh, at the center of uniqueness of the program. Thank you, Elena. Uh, Adriano, uh, let's turn our attention to the Arab Women's Enterprise Fund. Could you tell us about its characteristics and what makes it different from other multi-country programs? Uh, yeah, definitely. Actually, it's been really interesting hearing uh, Elena's description as a, um, I think there are so many similarities between the two. Um, I think maybe as a starting point, um, the big difference was that uh, it was one of the first, if not potentially even the first, MSD program with a focus on women's economic empowerment as a priority. Um, so really, it was um, a program um, designed to empower women by taking an MSD approach. And what that meant in practice was that um, from a results measurement perspective, I think similar to um, to, to economy, we had a focus on uh, on income. So on really, uh, because obviously uh, income is such like a key determinant of, uh, of, of economic empowerment, but then also on um, agency uh, and decision-making power and voice and choice. Um, we uh, at our impact level, we um, we were counting both women who were impacted in terms of income increase, as well as women whose decision making power in the household and in the workplace had been impacted thanks thanks to the program. Um, so I think this uh, double double counting, uh, sorry, not double counting, but like uh, this dual impact, like economy and the environmental side and social side, um, we had something similar on AOF that I think added a really interesting layer of complexity to uh, how we were thinking about our interventions. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, I think we put a lot of effort, and I will dive into this a little bit later, into uh, really recognizing the similarities between the three countries. It was a regional program um, uh, in Arab countries, but then also the unique differences between the three, um, and uh, which uh, which were so many. So really, our results measurement system, as well as our 
how we viewed our our populations uh, had a very uh, country level uh, approach to as well as you know strategically we also looked at what was similar between the three thank you adriano uh, elena uh, are there any trade-offs when it comes to designing a program uh, from the regional perspective like what are some lessons drawn from reconomy thus far that would be helpful moving forward for other programs out there um i think uh, yes of course i mean there are a lot of learnings and as we said um uh, the regional program, uh, in our understanding, is the program that looks at uh, common problems and is trying to find the entry points through common opportunities. Uh, and of course, you can have uh, a best program designed uh, looking at the regional dynamics and, um, uh, you know, the problems of the target group. But the end, but at the end of the day, what is also very important for economy as a program is who are we working with? Who are we engaging to actually address those common uh, oper uh, common uh, challenges uh, the target group faces? So one of our key learnings was um, the identification of actors who actually have the ability to drive the change and also understand the local dynamics. And this is where the localization of development comes in. We uh, think and we believe uh, that working with an actor who understands the local dynamics and is able to, um, how to say, it, adapt to the local cultures and understand uh, uh, from the cultural sensitivity point of view of what is going on in the region uh, is extremely important. And therefore, um, like among a, a lot of other learnings, uh, we would put the localization of development and working through local partners uh, at the center of, um, how to say, it, addressing the change. We, of course, uh, also have a lot of international partners uh, in our uh, portfolio, uh, but um, then we try to uh, balance and have also the equal uh, presence of the local actors, local capacities, local resources to stimulate the change, uh, promote the uh, sustainable, long-term, scalable results through the actors that are in the system and will stay in the system once the economy moves out. Uh, th thank you, Elena. And Adriano, uh, are, were there any trade-offs in uh, your program when it came to designing it? Like, what are some of the lessons learned that you can share? Yeah, I think trade-offs, maybe um, lessons learned. I, I touched earlier on, um, you know, really understanding the local context. And uh, uh, I think when you, when you operate a, a regional program, um, we, we, we found that um, one metric for designing our target group, for identifying our target group wasn't really working um, because, you know, you're operating in countries with very different income levels with very different contexts. So you actually need to define who you're working with differently. Um, also, when talking about women and women's economic empowerment, uh, how you define empowerment and what goals of empowerment you, are, you want to achieve in each country are actually going to be different. Um, because, you know, there are maybe women are at different stages, but also there are different contexts that define what empowerment really is in each different country. Um, so instead of looking at, um, you know, usually who lives on more than $10 a day or $1 a day, we defined, we designed our multidimensional uh, poverty uh, indicator, which basically looked at um, uh, in different ways as, uh, that defined really at what stage of the empowerment process women were. And we contextualized that index in each country. Um, 
And, um, and I think that was really interesting because it really allowed us to define and understand women in their own country differently. And then to also think about what interventions we may want to design and work with local market actors to implement. So to me, that was uh, a fascinating lesson learned from my perspective. Um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, another um, the, 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 another lesson learned is that there are a lot of tensions between um, countries are different, right? And every country moves slightly differently um, on implementation, just because of different contexts. You know, some countries have a better enabling environment. Some countries have a slower enabling environment. Um, so when you launch a program, you will see some countries maybe just like hitting the ground running and hitting all of their indicators straight away, when some others instead maybe need a year longer to just get things going. And that inevitably creates tension. Um, so I think acknowledging that and uh, uh, and I think really, uh, you know, uh, champ, you know uh, celebrating the uniqueness of each country and the different paces, I think is really important. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Adriano. And Ellen and I related uh, kind of to that uh, programs like Reconomy, right? And uh, the Women's Enterprise Fund uh, uh, that apply the inclusive systems approach of the MSD approach for a variety of reasons need to adapt and pivot towards new strategies. So can you share with us what are the best practices for regional programs to achieve this? Uh, how did Reconomy do this? Like, was was there a focus or initial investment immediately on knowledge management and learning? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we we even say in Reconomy that uh, knowledge management and learning, and not only say but uh, walk the talk. Knowledge management learning is at the heart of our theory of change. It's embedded in it uh, because we believe uh, in. Uh, we believe in the knowledge exchange, we believe in regional collaboration, we believe in the networks, we believe that the change happens with the exchange of the humans uh, between uh, each other. And therefore, in the design, we put it at the center. But then when we operationalize it, what we do is we are trying to enhance knowledge management, learning and communication uh, culture and practices within the team. We also try to enable regional knowledge exchange between the projects and partners. And we also try to provide decision-making support and disseminate knowledge and enhance sustainability and scalability of results through various practices. So, for example, what it means enhancing knowledge management and culture is that we set up the systems and processes within the teams that allow us to come at a certain moment and to reflect and to exchange on how the interventions are going, what are our key learnings, and then what are we doing with it. Uh, then what we talk about enabling regional exchange is that we're leveraging from the existing knowledge uh, within Helvetas and other organizations that uh, have been working on uh, with a similar approach. And we are trying to continue and not uh, build from the scratch uh, because there is a lot of experience already existing in the region and we want to continue from that and not uh, start over. But then when we also talk about providing decision-making support and disseminate knowledge is that when we have a exciting learning or the practice that is successful, we want to talk about it, we want to bring in different stakeholders, we want to facilitate the exchange between the actors so that the change happens faster and we're not waiting for the organic adoption of uh, different uh, trends and tendencies in, uh, in various sectors of the economy. And what we're also now trying to do in the main phase of economy is to mirror the similar structures at our implementing partners. So we're actually supporting our implementing partners and different actors in having the knowledge management and learning cultures within the or, or their organizations so that the exchange is stimulated 
a lot faster. So, I mean, definitely knowledge management and learning is an instrument uh, at the heart of economy that we're very proud of. Thank you, Elena. What about your case, Adriano? Uh, did you yeah, uh, there a focus on knowledge management and learning and yeah? Uh, yeah, huge. Um, I think we, uh, you know, I mentioned we were um, really one of the first MSD programs with the we approach. So we were just really excited to share our lessons learned externally. Uh, we felt they were they drove a lot of uptake also at the ground level, and then internally it was so important to uh, to learn from each other. But um, I'm going to touch on something a little bit different that I think was really key to enabling our program to succeed. Um, and it was the log frame. <laughs> you know, log frame, it's a little bit dry. People roll their eyes usually when uh, you talk about log frames. But um, I think the way it was managed was, to be honest, quite unique. Um, we were able to review our output and outcome indicators on a yearly basis. Um, we were learning and we were adapting as we were going. We didn't really know what women's economic empowerment looked like uh, in the end. So we were constantly trying to learn what we wanted to achieve. Uh, and that meant keeping a very firm eye on the impact um, while flexing the output and outcome. <laughs> we didn't know how many firms we were going to be working with. We didn't know what change we we're going to achieve at the output and outcome level to enable the impact. So we were always sitting down with the donor every October uh, reflecting with them, are we still on track to achieving the impact level? Uh, yes, if so, does that mean anything at the output or the outcome level? Do those indicators need to shift? Uh, do we need to adjust them? Do we um, should, should we make sure that we um, enable um, realistic output and outcome level indicators so that they allow us to actually hit our impact targets, which are the most important ones? Um, and that, that level of management really allowed us to then focus so much more on the impact and, uh, and to treat the output and outcome levels in a uh, in a much more pragmatic way. And uh, I think to me, that was literally the core of uh, adaptive management. Hmm, interesting. And in, in such programs, Adriano, uh, team structures are often designed to be lean. So when managing a regional portfolio, however, are there additional or different considerations when it comes to staffing? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you learn from, um, so obviously when you have a regional program, the objective is keep, as you said, keep the international team lean. That's the whole point, right? You have, you you create efficiencies in staffing. So you have people that can work across multiple countries and you create some economies of scale. But that also means that um, um, you have even more people that just get parachuted in to, um, to provide a lot of advice and sometimes take some of the ownership away from uh, from the implementing teams and uh, and I think what um, <laughs> I always think of uh, uh, what really was the um, success of uh, of AWF was really um, just letting the teams drive uh, local teams drive the implementation and have no ego advisors who are there to facilitate implementation instead of um, uh, being the gatekeepers and uh, what that means is that you know you really work with the teams to take risks you don't really talk about systemic change as much in the first couple of years you kind of free up their minds of uh, of a lot of jargon um, and uh, and you work with the team leader or the country director the country manager behind the scenes to just make sure that things are in check um, and uh, instead of going in and just you know, always say no, no, but hold on, wait. Are you are you implementing things in the in compliance with the market systems development approach? And 
achieving systemic change, just like run with ideas in the first couple of year, years, put your ego to one side and be see if you can be proven wrong by the implementation. <laughs> and then uh, and then and then if you have enough initiatives going, um, then you can always you know pick your winners. Thank you, Adriana. And what, what's the case with Reconomy, Alana? I would say that Reconomy worked a little bit differently because um, like uh, the way Reconomy was organized in the beginning is that it was a team of 10 people spread across uh, uh, 12 countries, uh, Eastern Partnership and Western Balkans, which means that we didn't have uh, people in all countries, obviously, uh, 10 and 12. Uh, but then we also worked for implementing partners on the ground. Uh, and then a lot of implementing partners did not really have any experience of working with MST. So our approach was to invest heavily in the beginning. And we had an investment in capacities uh, of the team, of uh, implementing partners and market actors. So we had uh, organized different layers of support. Uh, we uh, made uh, a lot of use of advisory services of Helvetas, uh, which acts as an advisor to projects globally. Uh, we also have this concept of a regional pool of experts uh, where we give opportunities to people who work on our projects to try to support other projects in different countries, for example. And thus we're stimulating the exposure, exchange and also peer learning from the colleagues. And we obviously also used the external uh, backstopping support because um, we believe that the external perspective can also bring a lot of value to the program in its design, implementation, learning uh, phases. And we must say that we are very uh, grateful to CEDA uh, to allow us to innovate uh, on uh, a lot of levels, uh, be it the setup of the program, also unfolding uh, uh, the implementation, looking at different sector strategies. So there was a lot of adaptation in the beginning, uh, in the inception phase, and we're really, really happy that we had this opportunity to try a lot of things uh, out and also organize support in a way that uh, when we reached uh, the main phase implementation, we felt like, okay, we have now a strong uh, team and base and evidence of moving forward and further expanding and scaling what we have done in the inception. So in that sense, yeah. Thank Maybe you. we were a bit heavy on jargon in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Elena, can I ask a quick question, actually? Um, yeah, sure. I'm curious, how many of your um, uh, team members knew about MSD before you started? I would say that on the core team, uh, if I had to now not go profile by profile, but guess, then we would say that we still had 60-70% of the team members with the experience, yeah. right, Sabin? Yes. Because we had yeah. very like a lot of people who were hired, recruited, were actually either former Helvetas employees or worked on their similar mm -hmm. projects. Uh, but then we had uh, a few people with technical expertise that we needed, especially when it comes to environment and climate change, and their MSD capacities were uh, missing. And then we were investing equally in uh, uh, yeah, MSD and environment and climate change understanding on the team. Exactly. So kind mm -hmm. of balancing out a bit, yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice nice place to be in yeah. when you have a nice core group of uh, of people yeah. that you don't um, you know that are already familiar with the with the concepts and you you know you can mm -hmm. dive a little bit more directly into uh, into design then without yeah. Mm -hmm. But the implementing partners because we did implement through implementing partners a lot. I mean, oh, ten okay, people are not enough to then uh, enter the markets and engage with stakeholders. So there we had to yeah. do a lot of investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah.
And, and operationally large complex programs, especially those of regional nature, uh, are rarely implemented by one implementing organization alone, like you just mentioned, Ellen, right? So mm -hmm. moreover, implementers can often be new to the inclusive systems approach or MSC mm -hmm. approach, which is similarly shared between Reconomy and the Arab Women's Enterprise Fund. Uh, Adriano, did you continuously invest in capacity building? Like what worked well and what didn't go so well? Uh, yeah, so we, we did. Um, we were a consortium of uh, two core organizations, but then we also had, um, so DAI and Market Share Associates, but then we also had local implementing partners in each country that lend their offices and some of their staff. Um, so it was a uh, it was a it was a consortium that was relatively uh, um, relatively big, and um, and I, I was asking also the question to to uh, Ellen about um, their MSD capacities because that was a challenge for us. Most of the team was new to to MSD. Um, I think uh, especially Jordan and Egypt were countries that uh, had had few MSD programs until then. Um, mm -hmm. So we really had to invest heavily in uh, in MSD trainings. Um, get, getting the uh, the staff up and up and going with the basic concepts, which is also why it was really important for us to to be pragmatic uh, around um, what we were um, training the teams about. You you need to the lesson learned is that you really need to strike a very careful balance between uh, what do they need to know in the first mm -hmm. two years um, and what do they need to know later, because it's very easy to just offload all of the information that they that you have on on the team straight away and then they just get paralyzed um so i think striking that balance was extremely important um uh, what worked less what worked less well was just long training sessions just people get really bored <laughs> of long training sessions um and uh, we felt that shorter um more regular uh, updates um uh, was a lot more valuable to everyone um, and we invested heavily in one-on-ones um, mm -hmm. people lose their focus in big team meetings so we just spent so much time just one-on-one -on -one, you know just going mm -hmm. through basic concepts and everyone learns at their own different pace and everyone is seeing different challenges on the ground so uh having that mm -hmm. um one-on-one -on -one coaching as much as possible was uh i think a bit of a game changer for us i would certainly agree that uh also <laughs> Like what you mentioned, yes, that it's so easy to discourage the team from actually moving uh, forward because they have to deal with a lot of unknown. You make assumptions, but then the reality is totally different from what you have uh, designed in your nice strategy. Uh, it's by culture, <laughs> for example. Uh, and what we also try to do and we continue doing so when recruiting, we try to, as much as possible, evaluate um, how curious the potential candidates are, how flexible and agile they are. So there is a lot of, uh, how to say it, um, the soft skills that we're looking for when recruiting versus, for example, the longstanding experience of, I don't know, doing uh, similar projects or economic development projects uh, and et cetera. So uh, in that sense, yes, I would agree. It's important to keep the team encouraged and curious about action. And then the systems change will come naturally because, yes, whatever is changing organically is usually tending to be systemic. Typically, the inception phase is when most projects are just refining their understanding of the context and setting up a team culture during which economy 
was expected to deliver results based on pilot interventions. Reconomy can fix all things that are related or directly connected to inclusive and green economic development. Rather, the program has assessed through the design process options and prioritized those that can generate results and benefits for the target group by ensuring interventions are better defined and targeted and ultimately more impactful. This was Sabin, your podcast host. To the viewers and listeners, thank you for staying with us on this insightful conversation with Elena and Adriano. We have interesting episodes coming up, so stay tuned.